Welcome to Stories in the Dark, a podcast about strange and creepy things. Come listen to the dark. Hello, my Halloween creepers. Welcome to the second episode of our Halloween night double feature. For our last story of spooky season, I have a special treat for you. Everyone loves to hear about witches on Halloween. So, what better way to end our Halloween collection than with a story about the three worst witches of all. This is a story called The Three Weird Sisters. High up on a spindly spire, At the top of the tallest mountain, three sisters emerged, blinking into the moonlit night. The mountain was their castle, and it was so high up in the sky that the light of the moon turned the air blue, blue as the blood that flows through the veins of the very oldest witches. These sisters breathed deeply, tasting the night air, scented with pine and crisp apples and the spicy smell of deliciously fat little children hunting candy in the villages below. The first sister the tallest and pointiest of them all, twitched her long nose and peered into the deep, dark soul of the world, pondering for a long moment. She would choose first, as was her right, for she had won the right to be the darkest of them all, queen for a year, for she had done the best in last year's harvest, the annual reaping of the souls. I will find the worst of them all, she decided. One soul with the sins of many, and I will make him mine. Her sisters nodded respectfully, each of them thinking their own private thoughts, which, to be honest, usually involved murder. The first sister, let's call her Andromeda, settled her piercingly black eyes on the second sister. The second sister was the weirdest of them all, which, for witches, was the equivalent of being the prettiest princess. 
She smoothed down her crackling hair and rearranged the tiny bones and feathers with bits of flesh that she had always stashed in there. Part decoration, part snack, and she sighed out a deep breath that sounded and smelled like the last exhalation of a corpse. We will call her Maribel. She grinned madly with her jagged teeth and her eyes looked past the moon. I will take five innocent souls, she said. They looked at her, for this was nothing for a witch of her particular talents. But it will be their choice, she finished. The other two nodded then, for they knew she had some mad idea stashed up her blood-stained sleeve, even if her words could not properly tell it to them. Maribel winked one eye and then the other, and wiped something dried and crusty from her chin and nodded at the third sister. The third sister tried not to shiver as they looked at her. She was the youngest, and she quite thought that if one year she happened to fail, the other two might kill her and eat her for her magic. She thought about failing every year, because, with older sisters like hers, how could she ever measure up? I will save one innocent soul, she decided, and the other two pursed their lips and tried not to sigh. The littlest sister was always disappointing them. You have to bring something back, Andromeda said with the patience of a cat stalking death and a voice like a violin string about to snap. That is the whole point, dear sister. Marybell ground her teeth, an unfortunate habit that only left them even more jagged and splintered and sliced off a bit of her own cheek which soothed her. Katerina, for the third, softest sister, wished to be called Katerina this year, bit her oddly fat lower lip and stared at the clouds swirling in the night below them, down towards the villagers, down into the murky depths of the morass of human souls. I will save an innocent soul, she said firmly, but I will also bring back three hearts, one of them a child's. That is good, Maribel said, a light in her mad, mad eyes. I would like to eat a heart 
Please make it fresh, sister, she said, rubbing together her hands with a sound of twigs and dried paper and a laugh like damned souls screaming in the deep. Make mine dark, Andromeda said greedily, licking her witch black lips with a surprisingly pink tongue. You know I like to taste their wicked deeds. Of course, Katarina replied. I know my sisters well. And so, with a curtsy and a rattle of old bones, the three sisters walked across the creaky bridge of nightmares. Three witches dressed in black silhouetted against the blue night and went off to start their annual Halloween hunt. These three sisters were firm believers in tradition. They should be. After all, they had started most of them. Once they were across the bridge of nightmares, with its broken wooden slats and stringy rope and chattering skulls, Andromeda drew a broomstick from the vastness of the gown that covered her skeletal body, and she flew off into the night. Marybell giggled madly and danced down the side of the mountain while Katerina stepped into a shadow and out the other side. Andromeda, the darkest of them all, flew through the air, skirts whipping about her, and her keen senses drew her to the wickedest soul she could find. She searched the world over, looking first in prisons and then in politicians' houses. And then she finally found him, safely ensconced in a tower he'd had built, watching people on TV telling lies to protect him. She paused a moment to make sure he was the one she flipped through the catalog of his sins. All the worst ones were there. He had purchased lives and paid for deaths. He had made his money cheating and swindling and profiting off of exploitation. And he had brought so many politicians that he was spreading his evil around the world. He had murdered women and abused children and, worst of all, he was the kind of man that would never have a dog. His soul weighed heavy with his sins and Andromeda was quite looking forward to taking it from him. She stepped through a mirror in his gilded bathroom and she swept her hands through the air, lighting candles that weren't there and turning off the electric lights one 
by one by one. The TV died, the phone in his hands went dark, and the cold of the grave rolled out from her skin and crept into the room ahead of her as she walked in darkness into his lavish bedroom. The moon watched through the windows, and its light cast her shadow on the wall as she walked towards him. And her shadow was a monstrous thing, a thing of claws and pointed hat and fangs and crawling things that slithered under her midnight dress. His heart, clogged with gluttony and greed, seized up as she neared him, but she held out one talon-like hand and whispered, Not yet, my sweet. You will not go that easily. And she smothered his screams and kept him alive for a very long time while she drew out his sins one by one by one and she ate his soul while he was still breathing silently screaming into the abyss with her perched happily on his chest taloned fingers sinking into his flesh as she made him relive every single thing he'd ever done. Relive it from the other side. Maribel, unlike her sister, did not like things quite so personal, and she rarely got her hands dirty, although she certainly didn't mind a mess. She took a different path, down and down to the graveyard, listening for the pull of the innocent dead, listening for the victims. On Halloween night, it wasn't only the witches and the crawling things that walked the night, the restless dead, the wronged ghosts, they often clamored to cross over as well. Maribel sang to them as she walked the graves, thrilled to be alive on a night like this, when the moon lit the clouds that swathed the trees, naked of their leaves, and everything looked ghostly and dead. Come to me, my pretties, she whispered under her breath, bright eyes looking for them through the fog that lay heavily on the ground, warmed by the spirits fighting to come through. Come to me and let me have you, she crooned her fingers twitching like her eyes. One by one, they came to her, the ghosts of the innocent, 
silvery white and red, 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 all the way through the sign of the murdered, the wronged, the sweet ones taken too soon. Come to me, my children, she sang, and they did, they did. They gathered around her, restless and hungry, and she danced with them. She spun and twirled, and she talked to them in the language of the dead, until it was just her and five restless souls, innocent and hungry. And she whispered to them, and they nodded, one by one by one. They wanted what she was offering them. The five of them, one a tiny child, murdered by her mother, one an older child taken by a man in the village a wife killed by her husband a boy killed by his father and a man who harbored the worst of secrets and another boy killed by the local priest to hide his own secret shame the five of them one, a tiny child, murdered by her mother. One, an older child, taken by a man in the village. A wife, killed by her husband. And a boy, killed by his father, a man who harbored the worst of secrets. And another boy killed by the local priest to hide his own secret shame. Marybelle whispered one final thing to her five innocent souls, and they each nodded in agreement. She gave them just a pinch of her own power, and she laid down on a cold marble tomb and closed her eyes and sang quietly to herself as she set them loose on the town, a faint misty tether tying them to her as her five vengeful wraths walked the streets looking for their killers. One by one they found them. One by one they appeared before their murderers, chilling the air with their haunted eyes. And one by one they stopped hearts and fed their vengeance and drew retribution from the souls of those that had killed them, the souls they were now damning eternally and they sighed when they had drunk their fill and stopped their own tears and left pieces of their murderers all over town 
ripped limb from limb, the hot blood feeding the ghouls that crept in from the edges, looking for their own feast on All Hallows' Eve. One by one, the innocent dead drifted back to the graveyard, drifted back to Marybell, who collected their souls in payment for giving them their revenge. For that was the bargain they had struck, to give this witch their souls in exchange for the power to kill those who had wronged them. A mother, a father, a husband, a stranger, and a priest. It was worth it. Marybelle collected them lovingly and knew that this year, this would be the year that she beat Andromeda in the reaping. For what could be better than five innocent souls given to her of their own free will at rest at last? And so, we come to the last, the littlest sister. Katerina stepped out of the shadow and tripped, trying not to fall into the horde of masked children rushing the streets, searching for candy. They were all so cute, dressed as witches and monsters and fairy princesses superheroes and goblins and ghosts, the littlest ones dressed as pumpkins and spiders and puppies, toddling behind the older children, or being carried in the arms of the oldest. They reminded Katerina of her own childhood, so many centuries behind her. She followed them along, for she knew wherever innocence and beauty went, the monsters were never far behind. Some of the children were busy teasing one of the tiny witches, and no one noticed when one little pumpkin fell behind, for the little pumpkin had seen a kitten scampering past in the dark, and he had paused to see if he could pet it. But there was no kitten, just a man in the dark watching the children. Katerina was not the only thing that hunted the streets this night. The man waited for the little pumpkin to get even more separated from the pack of children, and then he called out, here, kitty, kitty. And the little pumpkin thought to himself, Kitty? And he toddled over to where the man stood, half hidden by a tree set a ways back from the sidewalk. The pumpkin thought the kitty must have gone this way. And the man watched the pumpkin get closer and closer and he thought his dark, 
secret thoughts. He may not have felt so safe had he known that others of his kind were, at this very moment, being ripped apart by the ghosts of those they had murdered long ago. But most true monsters are very selfish creatures, and this one was no different. He was so focused on the pumpkin in front of him. He reached out to pluck the fat little pumpkin, and his fingers brushed the child, whose eyes widened as it sensed something was wrong. Grown men did not usually grab for it, and the pumpkin tried to toddle back, away from the man, but it tripped and fell on its well-padded bum. You poor thing, the man said with a very false sympathy, lying through his lying teeth as he reached for the child again, quickly this time, for he did not want anyone to see him. But Katerina saw him. She had been watching him watch the children, and she was there quite suddenly, smiling at him pleasantly, for she really was the sweetest witch. Something in her smile made him pause, and she gently picked up the child and dried his tears and kissed his fat cheeks and sent him back to the relative safety of the pack of children. You should not take things that aren't yours, she chided the man, who stood frozen and confused. She kept smiling as she walked, swaying, humming her dark song, and came to him, all swirling skirts and nutmeg hair, and smelling like a cookie. His eyes glazed over as she sweetly pressed her hands to his chest, and she fairly tinkled with delight as she sank her lovely fingers into his chest, parting the flesh and the bone and reaching down until she felt his wet red heart beating so very fast in his chest and she gazed into his eyes as she pulled it lovingly from his chest, still beating. She set it gently into a pocket of her cloak, a lovely thing embroidered with stardust and little bits of human souls. He fell slowly to the ground as she turned her attention to the rest of the village and she walked the streets looking for two more hearts to take home with her. Two more hearts for her and her sisters to share among them, for witches cannot live on souls alone, and hearts were her specialty. And so All Hallows' Eve drew to a close, and all the ghouls and ghosts and the things that walk the night began to drift away, even the three sisters, the three witches that watch in the dark. 
They each reached the top of the mountain in their own way, gathering at the edge of the Bridge of Nightmares as they did at the end of Halloween every year. And then they walked together and talked of their goodies, just like the children in the village with their candy, except the things the witches gathered during their reaping were much sweeter and darker and far more wet than candy. Their three witchy silhouettes crossed the bridge of nightmares, black against the blue of the night, lit by the treacherous moon that so loved these witches. And they gathered in their strange castle set inside the spindly mountain spire lit by candles and incandescent souls and scattered with lovely, lovely bones. They sat in a triangle set in a circle surrounded by their darkest delights and they set out the things they had reaped this year. Anticipation filled the air as they waited for the judgment for who would be the darkest of them all. Andromeda had the soul she had taken, the darkest soul in the world, and it truly was dark, torn and fractured, rent by its own sins. They all admired it, touched its velvety softness, and shivered at the horrors it had caused out in the world. It was much better here, safe with them, they decided, and Andromeda swelled with pride at having it and of the glorious way she had taken it. Marybelle went next, showing them the five innocent souls. Not taken, she whispered in her broken voice. They gave themselves to me and she petted them lovingly with her eyes like a rabid animal. The three sisters admired the five innocent souls, but they argued a bit, for the souls were now tainted by the vengeance that had been their price. But still, they decided, a fine prize, for five souls freely given were a sweet prize indeed. And then came Katerina, last as always. She showed them the little pumpkin child she had saved, and they all nodded sagely. Sometimes witches need to save the innocent. It was right and proper that Katerina, the youngest of them all, should save a child. And then she drew out the hearts, still fresh, still wet. The other witches hummed with desire at the sight of them, their eyes wide and glassy, their greed stealing over them like a mist. The one from the man who had tried to steal the child. Another from a little boy who liked to steal candy and smother his sister and had dark intentions towards the neighbor's dog. 
And then the third heart, large and lovely, an old man who had made toys for the village children and worked to feed those who had nothing, an old man whose time had been nearing its end and who had been happy to give his generous heart to the youngest witch, she who had so sweetly asked him for it. The two older sisters were impressed in spite of themselves. Katerina had outdone herself. Her reaping was the most complex. They nodded and decided it might just be time for Katerina to win. She had earned it this year. And then their final judge arrived. The moon hid herself behind a cloud, for she and this one could not be seen at the same time. This woman with the silver hair and red velvet lips who stepped into the room with her crown of glass and her breath like razor-edged knives. Alice, the three sisters whispered and stood and bowed. She nodded at them, but truly, she only had eyes for the things they had taken. She who was the dark side of the moon. She who came at the witching hour on All Hallows' Eve to bless her favorite witches. Alice inspected their offerings while they waited. She tasted the darkest soul. She stroked the innocence lovingly shivering as she touched the dark stain of their vengeance. And then she watched as Katerina saved the child and took the three hearts. Her eyes softened, for she had a soft spot for innocence, for the particular danger that children attracted, and for that moment when things could so easily go one way or another. She tasted the hearts and let the flavors wash through her. So very different, so very unique. And she opened the black pools of her eyes and she pursed her lips in thought considering each of them. What fine offerings you have this year, my wonderful witches, she said at last, and they thrilled at the notes of broken glass in her voice. She looked at Andromeda. I will take this soul, she said. It is too dark a thing for this world. They all nodded in agreement. The soul was a very fine thing, but its darkness reached out to touch everything around it. Alice would know what to do with it. 
But Andromeda, my dearest, you are not the winner this year, Alice continued regretfully. Andromeda's eyes narrowed in surprise. Alice leaned forward and kissed Katerina on the forehead, blessing her. You, my sweet, have won the reaping. You are the darkest of them all and will be queen for a year. Katerina glowed with pride and dark delight. Be as generous and gracious to your sisters as they have been to you, Alice said. And Katerina laughed and her sisters looked horrified for they were not always very sweet to their youngest sister. Alice winked at her and then blessed them all before leaving with the darkest soul, which left a little stain on the floor where it had lain. Andromeda and Marybelle congratulated their sister, and then they all feasted on the hearts she had brought them. Katerina gave Marybelle the freshest heart, and to Andromeda she gave the darkest. She kept the sweetest for herself, and they laughed wickedly and danced wildly and rededicated their souls to both sides of the moon, the light and the dark, for the oldest witches get their power from both. And then the three sisters, full of heart's blood and magic, fell into a dreamless sleep up in their mountain spire.